Welcome back to Behind the Bench with Carter Eckel. This is episode 16. I am your host, Carter E. You know, at this point, I think they probably got the gist, but you can find my work online at www.nevadaappeal.com and www.recordcourier.com. I am the sports director for the Nevada News Group. Joining me today on the other side of our table here is my producer, Jeff Mulvahill of instaimage.com. And today's sponsor is Double J Auto in Gardnerville. You can check them out online at www.doublejautoenv.com. Thank you to them for being today's main sponsor. Jeff, we got a lighter show today, but that doesn't mean, you know, click off the listen listen page now. Going to talk a little Davis Cup action from this past week, and then we will get all into the spring sports calendar and what you can expect this week from my coverage, obviously, with spring sports just getting underway. Nothing too crazy yet to talk about on the podcast, but spring sports are quick. They're two months and it's uh, it's over. So those will be, we've already got stuff underway, but we will have much more about that coming next week. But first, let's talk the Davis Cup this past weekend in Reno at the Reno Event Center. A pretty unique event to have up in northern Nevada. I was lucky enough to get an opportunity to cover that. Jeff was out there taking photos on Friday, which was day one of two. U.S. took on Columbia in what is a best of five. However, the U.S. won the first three matches and then played a fourth exhibition match, which they also won over Tommy Paul, over Nicholas Mejia in that fourth and final match. So 4-0 in the Davis Cup qualifiers. That puts the U.S. into the Davis Cup finals in September. Tennessee's a little spaced out, given that uh, you got a little bit of a window now, and you got French Open, Wimbledon, U.S. Open, and then, okay, on the back end, we can come back to some of these other more fun tournaments later. But as I alluded to, Davis Cup is a national competition. Some say it's the World Cup of tennis. I, I prefer the, uh, the Ryder Cup of golf sort of Ryder cup of tennis uh, sort of uh, analogy given that uh, they tennis is much like golf, typically a quieter sport in some sense. You're not, you know, making a bunch of noise while guys are serving or teeing off Um, typically not yelling a bunch during the point. However, with the Davis cup, they kind of inspire, they kind of want that, that atmosphere. And uh, we also got a chance to see the, Nevada drumline cheerleaders out there and just a pretty solid crowd for for a, an event put together in I mean it's the first time that the Davis Cup has been in the, Nevada since 1995 and it was in Vegas. Jeff, what what were your overall thoughts of of the event and have you covered taking photos at a pro pro tennis uh, event before and what were your kind of thoughts if you had and how this stacked up? It's been a very long time. Uh, you and I have talked about this a little bit. Uh, in 2003, I covered, and I think it was the Base Open at the time in San Jose. Okay. I didn't cover it technically professionally. I covered it because I thought it would be cool, and I got amazing seats on... I was right at center court and right behind the players' benches. Um, so that was back in the day, Andy Roddick... Uh, Andre Agassi, uh, Marty Fish was actually playing, mm-hmm. so it was interesting to see him in a uh, captain role. Yeah, cap- captain role. It, it, and I, I didn't expect to see the coach or the captain sitting 
uh, where the player sits. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was uh, I, I don't know I don't know how I feel about that. About that. <laughs> if that's a good thing or not, it it, it definitely was uh, it was a nice atmosphere because uh, there was a fair amount of Colombians represented in the mm-hmm. stands, and they were were in in that that competition between the Colombian fans and the the U.S. fans and the differences in how that works. And I was talking with one of the photographers that the, the drum chorus would be almost benefiting the Colombians because of the soccer influence. And there was actually a guy sit, standing over behind the Colombian bench uh, with a soccer jersey on, not a <laughs> tennis jersey. So uh-huh. I, I thought that was... That added to the atmosphere is pretty cool. Yeah, having the coach on the bench is uh, is another unique aspect of the Davis Cup. Coaching generally in tennis is a big no no. Like during during a match, right? That's something that you can lose points for and get uh, deducted for. If you've watched any of the the U.S. Open in previous years, Serena Williams had some drama with that with with her coach, and frankly, her coach admitted post match that he was coaching. Which how are you supposed to tell a coach not to coach at? On one of the biggest stages, but we won't won't get into that that argument. That's a completely different discussion. No problems with that here. Davis Cup, uh, like I said, U.S. went four for four. Sebastian Corda, Sebastian Corda, and Taylor Fritz with wins on Friday. Corda needing three sets to do that. Six four one six six four. Taylor Fritz needed fifty three minutes. Six one six zero. Pretty impressive stuff there. And then Saturday we had. Doubles between Rajiv Ram and Jack Sock on the U.S. side. And then they won 6-3, 6-4 in straight sets. Quite the entertaining doubles matches. I was just telling our boss here at the Nevada Appeal. Almost hit the uh, doubles doubles bingo or tennis bingo card there but with uh, a tweener, which is a shot usually run in the opposite direction between the legs going back. You know, typically it happens when you get lobbed. Had a winner around the net, which is even rarer, and then uh, some nobody nobody broke a racket, but it looked like for a second there in that exhibition singles match we might might have one. So fun stuff all around though. Uh, it was cool getting to walk back into the media room and talk to these pros that have been on all sorts of different different levels. I mean, Rajiv Ram is thirty seven. Whereas Sebastian Cordes, 22 and playing in his first, was made his Davis Cup debut uh, this past weekend. So very unique set of circumstances for everybody getting a chance to represent their country. And just a fun, like I said, fun atmosphere at the Reno Events Center. Kind of neat seeing that place transform into a new venue. Not a new venue, but new inside venue. Yeah, it was it was much, I don't want, produced isn't the word that's really the right word, but the TV presence kind of surprised me. The last time I was in that arena was for the Bighorns. And that whole section where the TV coverage was, that didn't use, I mean, that was a curtain before. And to, to come in, and that's the first thing, because I walked in that back door mm-hmm. uh, by the credentials and walked in there, I'm like, wow, this is, this is, this is the real thing. So, but what I probably love the most, you asked a little earlier, love the most about tennis is, the rules are the same, but the players are so different. Yeah. And Corda in that first one, he's so big and, you know, he's tall and lots of power. And the game was so different than the second game. And it's the same same sport on the same thing right in front of us. And it's so radically different. So it's it's fun to watch. It's, it's a bit of a challenge to photograph just simply because you don't know. Mm-hmm. you got to learn the player. And that second match went so quick yeah. that – 
you're, you know, almost struggling to get, okay, I kind of got this guy and well, it's over. So too late. Yeah, the other interesting thing to me is that they can, uh, and this is just food for thought for all you other sports fans out there. They can uh, take a non-tennis venue and get shot spots set up in less than, you know, 48 hours or whatever it is. And it can be, give you a call in a matter of seconds, but the NFL still doesn't know what it catches. <laughs> that, that system is fascinating to me. Cause I, I haven't seen, cause the last time I did a, a pro tennis event, they didn't have that system. Mm -hmm. There's a mirror right under the net. I think it's triangulation off cameras, but, but I, I could be wrong. There's some kind of something along at the base of the net. Okay. Um, and it's only about, I want to say, three inches high. So it doesn't affect the game. It just sits there on the floor. Mm -hmm. And then there's the, the I could say, I was trying to figure out where everything is going on because you watch that thing and it's like, wow, it's, and some of the calls and I'm like, are you really going to challenge that? And, and it's like so close to being in or out. Well, it's and, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why it's, that's why I always have a, little bit of a hang up on people saying such and such sport is a game of inches. Look at any, any sport. Yeah. I mean, you slide into home plate, you beat it by half a second. You dive into the end zone. You miss by yeah. a quarter of a millimeter. You can hit as little bit of line as available in tennis. And it's in uh, every sport is a game of inches. If you yeah. ask me, if not a smaller unit of measurement, but inches is what we got here in the U S as we saw the, the first match, they had the serve clock in kilometers per hour, which was really cool and made everything look much faster than it was. But I don't have that calculation readily available in my brain. Yeah, if you it's not 200 kilometers per hour, it's not a quick calculation. <laughs> you mentioned Taylor or Sebastian Corder having a bunch of power. Taylor Fritz followed that up by pumping in some first serves there. I think 143 was the fastest I saw in my eye, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't something faster going on there. But overall, just a really fun event. I hope that's something that they bring back to Reno more often, though I know with being the World Cup of Tennis, as it says on their website, I didn't realize that it was the official branding of the Davis Cup, so my apologies for taking my own my own angle there. But I'm sure they will try to move that all over the country, and that may be, that may be a unique thing to Reno that may, may not necessarily come back anytime in the near future, but the players love the atmosphere from everything they said. Post-match, everybody was was very enthralled with the atmosphere and thought it was was super cool to especially have the drum line there and get everybody into it. Um, and yeah, you, as you mentioned, sat next to a, a gentleman from Columbia on Saturday as well, and he was, he was very much into it also. So fun times to be had there. If you didn't go, you missed out. But hey, you know what? We're here to tell you about it on uh, Behind the Bench. <laughs> All right, over to the high school spring sports side. Like I said, not a lot to talk about yet as the season just got underway on the third. Let me rephrase that there. The season, the first contests were allowed to be scheduled on the third. Obviously, tryouts and practice have been going on for a couple weeks. Not much in the way of results early. We do have some quick baseball and softball updates now. Bear with me here for a second. These early softball games, they are playing league opponents, but they do not count toward the league standings. So Carson lost to McQueen on Thursday night. Could be Friday. I'm drawing a blank here. Three to two. Spanish Springs beat Douglas four nothing. Uh, Douglas responded by playing McQueen and beating them 11-0 on Saturday. Carson Baseball, I know, has had a couple games underway. They beat Elko and 
Colfax on Saturday after falling to some Northern Nevada teams earlier in the week. Big teaser here as far as coverage goes there. Lots of season outlooks. Uh, I can't say season preview now that the things have started, but I found in my time covering high school sports, it's almost easier to write season outlook pieces than it is to do season previews, especially coming off shortened seasons from last spring thanks to the pandemic. Thankfully, that shouldn't be a problem this spring. Uh, Testing for Nevada high school sports has lightened up significantly along with the rest of the country. I'm not breaking any news to anybody there, but yeah, should be should be a fun sprint here for spring sports. Obviously, track and field coming up. We got swimming and diving, golf. On the baseball side, Douglas and Carson get their first look at each other on Tuesday. For those of you who will be listening to this, that game is at three forty-five at Carson High School. So the weather will be good, or at least not ridiculously cold. Not ridiculously cold. I think that's a, a fair way of putting it. Like I said, lots to lots to tease there, but you're going to find a lot of that work online at the two websites I listed before, NevadaAppeal.com and RecordCourier.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Carter Eckel, E-C-K-L. You can get most of the updates there. I have had a couple stories in the past couple weeks not make it to my Twitter for whatever reason, but I would still point you there to find basically anything you could want on that end of things. April 4 is the halfway point of the spring sports season, which shows you just how quickly we will turn around there. By the end of May, spring sports are over. Lots to look forward to there. Very curious to see how softball plays out in the North this season. Very curious to see how baseball plays out as well, along with a lot of the other sports. But those are the two that typically have the most, I guess, obvious transferable results from season to season, whereas, you know, track and field and, and other sports, you can kind of have more kids pop up and and uh, make more of a lasting impact right off the get-go. But that's going to do it for episode 16 of Behind the Bench. Thank you to everybody who's tuned in to the podcast so far. I hope it has been something that you guys look forward to on a weekly basis. Thanks again to today's main sponsor in Double J Auto in Gardnerville. You can find them online, www doublejautonv.com. That link is also in the description for those of you interested there. Thanks again to my producer, Jeff Mulvahill and www.instaimage.com for producing this episode. I am your host, Carter E, and you can catch us next week. Next week.